7.42, as I mentioned, it's time for us to move into social, uh, not social media, thought leaders, storytellers and griots. And as I mentioned, this is where we are looking at stories that have been taking place during the week. We are trying to get hold of Prof. Coupe, but we're going to go to the second story that we did find. This was something that appeared in the Daily Maverick, written by Mpo Bunse, focusing on how pride and prejudice, using that title, the parallels between the LGBTQI struggle, histories of the United States and South Africa. And Mpo is uh, currently serving as National Head of Communication for Embrace the, the Embrace Diversity Movement. Mpo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Michelle, and uh, very good morning to your listeners at SAFM. Paul, you did write this article, and perhaps what was uh, striking about it was what I've mentioned earlier, was how you looked at the the parallels between the struggle histories in uh, the LGBTQ uh, environment between the United States and South Africa. Talk to us about those parallels. Um, First of all, uh, thank you very much for having me, and uh, happy Father's Day to all fathers, including all queer fathers. Um, this paper was actually uh, prompted by um, the idea that uh, beyond the fact that we are observing and commemorating International Pride Month, there's uh, still some uh, knowledge uh, that's missing in terms of how do we differentiate between what we know as pride in the context of Africa um, and this pride that is celebrated uh, on the month of June. So creating these parallels was important because the issue of pride uh, really defines um, a picture of uh, the LGBTQ struggle as we look at it today. So describe that further to us in the specifics. I know that um, you talk about Pride Month in specifics and how it is largely attributed to the Stonewall uprising in the States. How did that then impact uh, what we were doing here in South Africa? Um, no, indeed. Like there's, 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 there's a very close relationship um, when we look at the Stonewall uprising, they created or they set the scene for the LGBTQ movement across the globe to organize itself. Uh, you would remember uh, because of many systems of government that uh, through their penal codes would, um, you know, uh, phase out homo- uh, homosexuality in their constitutions and in their legal framework, um, the LGBTQ struggle uh, was put on the back uh, seat. So as a result of that, um, we saw the Stonewall Uprising as uh, a moment of affirmation for the LGBTQ community to say it comes to an end. Um, We cannot tolerate uh, any further uh, police abusing us for living our truth. And um, the eruption of that alone um, would uh, later see many other uprisings um, outside the context of the United States including um, in South Africa. Um, but uh, you would know that uh, some years, some three years before the Stonewall uh, uh, uprising, we had our very own um, uh, riots that took place in Forest Hill um, uh, in Johannesburg. Where so in, uh, talk to us, tell us about those briefly. I was very interested to read about that, and I'd heard about it but had never, ever um, really understood what had happened there. Talk to us about that. Um, yes, like the Stonewall uh, police, because um, there was no there was no law uh, speaking directly to uh, issues of LGBTQ or same-sex desiring. 
uh, police would uh, every now and then harass, um, you know, get into places or social spaces where LGBTQ or uh, gay men would uh, uh, socialize. And uh, in breaking up these spaces, it was to um, uh, affirm and confirm that uh, government mm. would not tolerate uh, uh, same-sex desiring in that context. And uh, Forest Town uh, 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 riots also teach us an important lesson to say uh, what emerged out of those riots um, uh, was a movement that uh, you know was to later be seen as uh, a unit that uh, advanced the LGBTQ struggle. The LGBTQ, the gay and lesbian uh, equality network in South Africa, led by individuals such as Simon Zekongodi, Bev D.C., Puning Tetra, and many others. So um, it, it was really a tipping point in terms of our history to say, how do we now start talking to government on uh, uh, issues of policy reform, repealing uh, a sodomy act, repealing all laws that are anti-queer? Paul, in the article, you do talk about the fact that um, in in the States, the first gay pride march took place, place in 1970. Talk to us about the first gay pride march that took place here in South Africa. Um, an amazing moment that I think we still celebrate today. Mm. Um, and what really sets apart uh, the South African pride to the current pride that we are celebrating now um, it was in 1990 when um, uh, this equality network uh, of LGBTQ organizations uh, came together, led by Bev DC and Simon Zekongoli. Um, uh, and to say, uh, now, how do we uh, uh, create pride outside the context of us hiding and talking about uh, the movement um, in closed doors? How do we go out there? So um, that decision actually culminated to the first Pride in 1990, which took place around uh, Bramfontein. And um, it was a tipping moment for the LGBTQ movement in South Africa because um, it was the first time when uh, we went out as the LGBTQ in public to say we need to be affirmed by society and not just ourselves. And uh, to date, we still um, observe Pride Month in South Africa um, um, around October as opposed to June. So that's where the difference comes in, in terms of uh, differentiating between June, International Pride Month, and uh, uh, October, uh, South African Pride Month. You know, I, when I read about who were the activists involved in that, I mean, the likes of Bev Ditsy, who's doing such incredible work at the moment, particularly mm-hmm. in the documentary space, uh, the late Simon and Corley, so much work being done around him and uh, the work that he did. And, of course, Justice Edwin Cameron pioneering this as well. It really does kind of make one feel incredibly proud of the work which uh, many activists in this country have been involved in but continue to be involved in as well. Indeed, indeed. And, and, and we continue to see pride actually erupting to be something uh, uh, totally different. Um, it has is, it is erupted up to a point that uh, now we are seeing um, a lot of small pride where people now believe that we can still have them ourselves in our small little communities as opposed to going to the cities to go celebrate Jobic Pride, to go celebrate Pretoria Pride or Cape Town Pride for that matter. So that's a good thing. It's uh, a very great outlook, and it says we are going uh, uh, forward as the LGBT community in terms of uh, taking the word out there. 
Amazing. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us and uh, wishing you all the best in International Gay Pride Month. Thank you very much. That's in Paul Bonser. And just to note, he's also a fellow of the Young Diplomats Forum, uh, the Mandela Washington Fellowship and Victory Institute. And he's the co-founder of the annual Simon Nkoli Memorial Lecture. And uh, if you want to learn something new, just go onto Wikipedia or somewhere uh, on Google and look up Simon Nkoli, N-K-O-L-I, and learn a little bit more about one of the people really at the forefront of um, activism in this country as well. It's 10 to 1. What am I saying? 10 to 8. And uh, we are going to crack into a break. And when we come back from that, we'll go to our second thought leader.